You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again at OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered in iTunes and online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you make smarter trades. So thanks so much again for tuning in today. And we've got a really cool episode today talking about options trading approval levels and broker approval levels. It's actually a big topic that we haven't really covered, my bad, but I get a lot of questions about it. Now we're starting to dig in here a little bit deeper. And we've got a really cool episode kind of trying to give you some tips on how to get a higher trading approval level, maybe if you've been denied before, and just generally understanding what all of these approval levels mean. So we're going to dig deep into that today in this podcast episode. As always, after listening to the show, if you have any success or have had success in the past, please post a comment to the show notes page. Head on over to optionalpha.com slash show 48. That's just the number 48, optionalpha.com slash show 48. And share with everyone what you're you know, figuring out and learning. I think this is a great resource and could be a great resource for people in the future. So even if you've listened to the show, uh, you're listening to the show right now when it comes out or maybe a couple months down the line, check out that page because I'm sure there's going to be comments coming in from people who have maybe used a different tactic than we talk about here and have gotten a different result or have you know spoken a different manner towards their broker and, and maybe got a higher trading approval level than they uh, might not have otherwise gotten without this resource. So as always, toward the end of the show, I'll share some tips and suggestions after having talked to six different options trading brokers. So I called into a bunch of different brokers and kind of talked through the new opening account process and got some insight into what they kind of look for. And so I think there's a common theme throughout. As I called these different brokers, I called everybody from TradeKing and eOption and Option House, Fidelity, Thinkorswim and TD Ameritrade. I basically just, you know, called a bunch of brokers and acted like I was going to open up a new account. Wanted to see what they said about, you know, options trading approval levels and how they kind of thought about that. You probably heard in the background, we already got a trade filled, which is good to uh, get that in for the day. Again, I've also added some additional links and resources to the show notes page. So as many links and resources as I could find on option trading approval levels, I wanted to put those in the show notes page so that you had those and kind of link out to the different brokers or different articles about it that might help out. So first thing that we're going to do here is talk about the four main levels and what they are. And before we even do that, we just have to understand that actually brokers are required to basically put in place some of these trading rules and levels as part of the FINRA rules that came out, I think specifically rule 2090, which is called the know your customer rule or KYC rule. And the reason that they do that is because the exchanges and the regulators want the brokers to understand what type of client they have and what their appropriate level of risk is for trading. So In most cases, what you have to do is you have to fill out either a form or you have to fill out a questionnaire with your broker that kind of goes through, you know, who you are, what your trading experience has been, how long have you traded stocks, how long have you traded options, you know, what's your goal with your portfolio. And they just want to get this stuff on paper so that they can then issue you a trading level or a trading approval level. Now, in most cases, there are basically four levels. Now, of course, they are going to vary between broker to broker. And we have linked up to as many as we could find publicly 
for different brokers out there. And some cases they have different degrees between one and five levels. Some brokers call it level one beginner, level two advanced. At the end of the day, there's basically four levels that you need to really be concerned about. The first level is really covered calls. So in most cases with most brokers, what you're going to find is that level one gives you the opportunity to do covered calls. Now, in my opinion, I think this is a good starting place for most brokers. It's the natural transition between being a stock investor and being an options trader to start using covered calls. So they'll allow you to do a covered call because you still have to buy the stock and the covered call doesn't cost any additional margin and it actually reduces risk. And we know obviously from our research that we've done that it is going to enhance your portfolio and it beats the market doing cover calls versus just buying stock anyway. Now, some brokers also kind of throw in here the ability to do covered puts. It's not across the board. I think that's probably the exception to the rule uh, that you have the ability to do covered puts. So most brokers at level one allow you to do covered call writing. Now, once you get up to level two, this is where they may open the door for buying calls and puts, single leg options, and in most cases doing covered put writing. So that's doing a cash secured covered put. Now, in my opinion, I think this is total crap. I think this is ridiculous that most brokers are still in this kind of historic or dinosaur mindset that the next appropriate level for traders is to use buying calls and puts. I think it's actually a really bad idea. All the research and all the backtesting proves that buying long calls and puts is a really bad idea. Here's why they do it. In my opinion, I think they do it because it's defined risk. So they're still kind of working you up the risk profile chain, if you will, and buying long options, either buying calls or buying puts, not doing spreads, gets you into a position that has defined risk. You buy a call option for $100, that's how much risk that they're going to take on for you as a client. That's how much risk you know you're going to take on. It's the simple building blocks of options trading. Now, does this mean that you should do that? That you should, you know, basically take level, you know, two and start buying a bunch of calls and puts all over the place? No, we know it doesn't work. And if you're listening to this podcast or if you listen to any of our shows, you know that that obviously is a really, really bad idea. So I think the thing is you have to, if you get to level one, I think that's good. You can start doing cover calls. That's easy. If you're at level two, you have to work your way out of it. And we'll talk about that in a little bit here, how we can work our way out of it. The next one is level three. Level three for most brokers is now the ability to start doing some spreads. So to either do some very simple spreads, which would be credit spreads, iron condors, iron butterflies, calendars in some cases, that's going to be your next kind of major block. Now, again, they're starting to open up the door for you to trade on margin and do those types of things, depending on if you're in a margin or an IRA account, but they give you the ability now to trade spreads where you're buying one and selling the other. So now you can think there is a logical progression behind how they do it. Not necessarily that I still agree with it, but they now allow you to do spreads, which are multi-leg kind of multi-dimensional strategies. I think for most people, this is the one that you want to get to first if possible, especially opening up a new trading account or even kind of reviewing your trading approval level with your broker. The minimum requirement really is to get to level three. Because at level three, you can do pretty much anything that you can do in level four. It just has to be defined risk. And we talk about that a lot. We've got video tutorials that will link up in the show notes 
about how you can convert some of these undefined risk trades like a strangle or straddle into a risk-defined counterpart. And that would be appropriate in a level three trading account. So again, key here with level three is that you can start doing a little bit more complex or advanced strategies, including spreads. Now, once you get up to level four or what some brokers might call level three advanced or however their distinction is, but basically the fourth level, this is when you're now going to have the ability to do anything that is uncovered or naked or undefined. This would be things like single leg calls, single leg puts, short strangles, short straddles, or any combination of those that you want to do. So for me, level four is obviously the highest point that you can get up to for most brokers. That's where you ideally want to be. Now, if you get to level four, and I've often told people this who have emailed in and definitely some of the pro and elite members that we talk about on some of our weekly strategy calls and monthly Q&As, is that even if you have level four access, which I think everyone should go for, I think if you're Starting out, even if you are opening a new account or have one, try to get level four access because it's better to have all of the quote unquote tools in your toolbox available for use, even though you don't need to use them all. So if you have level four access, do I think that you need to be trading uncovered calls and puts and naked, you know, strangles and straddles? No, I think you still have to, you know, kind of use some discretion and be a smart trader, you know, with regard to your account size and allocation, all those other things. You don't need to trade what the brokers allow you to trade. I just think that it's best if you have the ability to trade those because it gives you more flexibility in the future. Maybe you do need to, you know, trade a strangle versus a straddle in one situation or another. Or maybe you need to, you know, the covered or the single leg call works better than the spread in one case. So having that option and that ability to do that, I think is the most important aspect. So again, you have to check with your broker. Most brokers are going to tell you kind of where their trading approval levels are and what they, you know, distinguish between the two levels. But in analyzing all the different ones, and again, we'll link them all up in the show notes page at optionalpha.com slash show 48. Any ones that we could find, we'll put a link in there. But analyzing all of those, that's really the distinction that we kind of drew between the four main options trading approval levels. Now, the process for getting into those, like I said, in most cases comes in the form of either a questionnaire or some account information that you're going to fill out. We have one that we're going to link up from TD Ameritrade. It's their public form that they have, and it's called their margin and options upgrade form. And the thing that you really have to be concerned about here is basically the last two major sections. And I think in most cases, all these brokers are going to ask for basically two big areas and definitely talking with them in the six brokers that I called, this is what they are really focusing on is they're focusing on investment objectives and your financial information. Now, can they verify all of this stuff? In most cases, no, they can't really verify your annual income and they can't verify your net worth and all of these other things that you put in here. Am I telling you to lie on this form? Absolutely, emphatically not. But this is a form that they're going to be using to justify what type of trading or approval level you get. Now, the first section obviously is investment objectives. They're going to ask you things like, How much risk are you willing to take with assets in this account? What's your primary objective? Are you conservative? Do you want income? Do you want growth? Do you want speculation? How much liquidity do you need in this account? What is your secondary objective? You know, what's your time horizon for typical trades? So just think logically through these, answer them as best as you can, but realize that they are going to be trying to match you up with the most appropriate 
trading level based on your responses. So if you tell them that you're very conservative, you want high liquidity, you want a long 13 or 15 year time horizon for a trade, then you're probably not going to get options trading approval for uncovered calls and naked strangles and straddles. It just doesn't make sense. Now, again, I'm not telling you to lie on this. I'm telling you that that's what they're looking at. They're going to try to match you up with the appropriate section of trading level that fits your risk. The next section that you're going to look at is financial information. Like I said, things like net worth, net liquidity, net liquidity including real estate or or residential property or investment property. Basically, what they want to know is what type of client are you going to be? And again, don't fudge on this. Tell them exactly where you are because you don't need a lot of money to make money trading. And there is no set limit that says that they can't approve you for a higher trading level based on your income or not based on not making enough income. So it putting in there that you make a little bit of money or no money, whatever the case is, or a lot of money has no real bearing on your ability to get a trading approval level. So that's the first thing that I wanted just to make sure I'm 100% clear on is put in the real information, but just understand that that's what they're looking at so that when you talk to them in the future, as we'll talk about here in a second, that you are honest and open with them about your status and your state and where you want to go and you know kind of what your goals are. But that's something that they're going to be looking at. They're going to be looking at what type of client are you? How much do you have in assets? How much do you have in reserves? Basically, can you handle a substantial amount of risk or do you know how to handle risk and make money with your account? Okay, so that's really the main things that they're going to be looking for in your form. And again, my suggestion is call your broker and go through it with them on the phone. So here are my tips for generally what these brokers are looking for to get a higher trading level approval. And this is really for somebody, if you've gotten denied or if you want to request a higher level, you just have to understand what these brokers are looking for. Now, in every case, the six brokers that I called, they all said that their exact rules and requirements are proprietary. So no surprise there. I tried to pry a little bit in there, but nobody would give it up. And and we know that that's true because it's all subjective into what their requirements are. They don't have a line in the sand that says, if you make $50,000 a year, you get approval level three. And if you don't, you get approval level two. It's not how it works, which is good because it means that you have the opportunity to now go in and try to negotiate a higher trading level or get approved for a higher trading level, regardless of whatever your status is or income or assets or net worth. Now, what they're really looking for is they're really looking for basically two things. One, that you know what you're doing. And two, that you potentially have the income to support that or the assets to support it. That's kind of what I kind of narrowed down in these six broker conversations is one, they want to know, do you know what the heck you're doing? And that could be done either through a conversation with the person who's opening your account or with a trading specialist or an account manager or it could be done with your activity in your account. So actually telling them, hey, I do know what I'm doing. I've traded cover calls for 10 years, or I've traded spreads for two months, and I haven't blown up my account. I, I've been managing my position size. And then two, they're looking for the income to support it, meaning that are you using your account fully maxed out, or do you have cash reserves? Do you make you know money with your regular job that you could tell them more about? Do you make money on the side or have real estate or rental property? Kind of like what is your financial position so that it would give them a level of confidence to give you a higher trading approval level? Because what you have to think about is you have to think about the broker side of this, right? They are 
basically covering you in case you can't make good on a trade. So they carry margin, but what if you can't handle the margin and you get margin called and you can't deliver the shares and all of that other stuff? They want to make sure that if they give you this freedom to trade options however you want, that you're going to be responsible and not blow up your account and not put them in an undue risk situation or have significant liability to cover your positions. So in that regard, I think the key that you have to remember is that they are mostly interested in covering themselves. One of the cool tips that I heard from somebody, and I won't name the broker because I don't want people to rush over there and talk to that broker and doing it. But one of the person said, look, they said, we're interested in covering ourselves. In most cases, if you send in a signed letter stating that you know what you're doing and you go through either your training that you've taken or some of the thought process and methodology, maybe a simple trading plan, and you basically tell them you know what you're doing and you understand the risks of trading approval level X, wherever you want to go, it basically releases them from a lot of liability that they might otherwise have had because now they have a signed letter on file that says you're requesting a higher trading level, you know what you're doing, here's your credentials, here's the training that you're taking, your thought process in making these trades, and that you're not going to hold them to anything or not going to sue them for, you know, whatever. I mean, you can write out a bunch of different stuff or, you know, talk to somebody about writing out something. But the reality is, is that a signed letter from you goes a long way with, I think, probably a lot of brokers. Now, when I heard this from one person, I asked the other brokers that I had in calls behind that. I think there was three other brokers that I had calling after that. I asked them about this signed letter and they said it might work, right? And they said, yeah, it might work, meaning that it probably should work if you send it in and you really are adamant about getting a higher trading level. I think in most cases they get stuff like that. They might be more open to giving you that higher approval level. So the end result is call your broker, talk to them, don't email them, don't message them. I always prefer and tell people, especially coaching clients where this I've kind of coached people into doing this is that you have to call them and talk to an account person. And what you want to really stress with them is your level of understanding and options, your level of understanding in risk, maybe talk about position sizing, something that we talked about just last episode in show 47. Talk about your thought process on position sizing, what you want to do in making neutral kind of beta weighted trades in your overall portfolio. And then tell them about all the training that you've had in the past. So tell them about any training you've done with us at Option Alpha, any outside training that you've done, any courses or education that certificates that you've gotten. Give them a level of confidence to understand that you are not going to be a significant risk to them as a client. And I think what you'll find is that you'll quickly be able to move up into a higher trading level. Now, the last thing that we're going to talk about here before we get into the closing bell is what if you still get denied after doing this? So what if you call in, you talk to them and they say, look, you know, we understand that you have a lot of experience and education, but you just haven't shown us a lot of trading experience. And that could definitely happen. And I've often heard that, you know, they think that everything they're doing is really good, but you don't have enough trading experience at each level. So what do you do in that case? Well, I think what you have to do is you have to bite the bullet and you have to start making the trades that they allow you to make on an incredibly small scale. So if, for example, you're in level one, which means you can only do a covered call, great. Do one covered call, hold on to it for a month or two, right? Roll the contracts, you know, reset the probabilities and, and sell another covered call. 
and then come back to them and say, hey, look, I've done the cover call. I haven't blown up my account. It worked out well or didn't or whatever the case is. Now can I get the next trading approval level? And in most cases, they're going to say yes, because then now they see that you've made an effort numerous times to do it. Now you're starting to show them experience in trading cover calls. So they're going to allow you to move to the next level. If you move to level two now, where you have to buy puts and calls because that's the next logical level, great. Do it on a very, very small scale, right? You can buy puts and calls for $10, $20, etc. Yes, it might cost you a little bit of money because you might lose on those trades at the end of the day, but it will get you in front of them as far as activity and experience trading long puts and calls so that they can move you to the next level and so on and so on and so on until you move all the way up the chain from level two, three up to level four. So that's really my suggestion to you is just make sure that if you do get denied after trying to go in right now and kind of push the education and understanding and the ability to manage your risk side, if they still deny you and say you need experience, go ahead, start making those trades and then go back to them maybe every month or so and try to request a higher broker approval level. Remember, these brokers want to actually get you to that higher level. It's in their best interest that you start becoming more active because they'll make more money on commissions. You'll make more money because you're trading higher probability spreads and taking in more premium. So it's in both of your best interests to get to that level. It's just a matter of working together to figure out how you can do it for your particular account. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so in today's closing bell segment, I want to go through a possible new trade that we're going to be entering here in GDX. Now, GDX is the gold miners ETF. It's one of the major precious metals ETFs, and actually, we've been pretty active trading a lot of precious metals over the last two months. We've made about $1,200 just in the few trades that we've had because implied volatility has been really, really good for precious metals. In fact, we haven't made that many trades in GDX basically all year until recently. So it's been definitely a good trading vehicle for us. And we recently got out of most of our positions in GDX as we came closer to May expiration. Now that we're getting closer to June and July expiration, we're going to start building some new positions in GDX. Right now, the stock has implied volatility in the 60th rank. And if you take a look at our watch list that we publish inside of our platform, what you'll notice is that stocks at 60 for an IV rank have great strategies, including credit spreads, strangles, and iron condors. In this case with GDX, since we have a lot of capital available to trade, we're going to go ahead and trade the strangle in GDX. Uh, We don't have that many positions on because market volatility is really, really low right now. And that gives us a great opportunity to trade GDX with a strangle, use up some of our capital and potentially make a little bit more money if uh, we get some good premium. So going into the options pricing tab and chart, we can see that we can either trade the front month contracts, which are the June contracts. Those only have about 23 days to go until expiration, probably a little bit too close for what we want to do. Instead, we're going to go out to the July contracts which have about 51 days to go until expiration. It's just about at our sweet spot around 45 to 50 days as far as where we want to trade. So a little bit further out, but also has some pretty good open interest and volume across the board. Now, GDX right now is trading at about 22 and a quarter or so. And so what we want to do is we want to build a strategy that has a about a 70% chance of success at the end of the day. So when we actually get to expiration, We want to get into a trade that has about a 70% chance of success 
once we reach July expiration. In this case, that includes selling the 18 puts below the market. Remember, GDX is trading for just over 22 and then going above the market and selling the 27 calls. So both of those trades are at the 15% probability of being in the money level, which means that if we add the probability of losing or being in the money on both sides together, that means that we are looking at a trade that's got about a 30% chance of being in the money or a loser. So if we use the inverse of that, that means that we've got about a 70% chance of this trade being a winner at the end of the day. So if this type of trade was made over and over and over again, 70% of the time, this type of setup is going to work. And we know that to be true because that also holds out on our performance page. So in this case, we're going to sell the 18 puts, and then we're also going to go ahead and sell the 27 calls above the market. Doing that takes in a credit of about $62 right now per strangle that we sell. You could turn this into an iron condor if you are trading in a IRA account or if you need to trade at risk to find by buying the 29 calls, so going out $2 on one end, and then buying down below the market the 16 puts, again going out another $2 beyond our short strike. This would reduce your credit by almost half down to about $34, but it is going to allow you to then scale up. You could do more contracts to get a higher credit, but it does give you an opportunity to get into a risk-defined position here if you need to. So like I said, in our case, we're just going to do the regular old strangle, the 27 call, the 18 put. It gives us a really nice wide range, about a 70% chance of success. And this will be the first set of July contracts that we'll get into. We'll start to spread our entry out over time in July so that we you know, don't put all of our eggs in one basket as far as one particular date entering all the trades. What I like to do is maybe enter four or five contracts here, wait another you know, four or five days, enter another set, wait another couple days, enter another set, and kind of ladder or scale into the position because it's, a, it's definitely a good vehicle for us and we want to just kind of average our strikes around where the stock ends up trading. So hopefully it's a good, really good example. Uh, this is definitely something that we do a lot more of inside of our membership on the pro and elite level side. So if you're interested in getting trade alerts like the one that we just talked about today, this obviously is going to go out to our pro and elite members who are already signed up on our website. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope you enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. And hopefully you learned a little bit about these different options approval levels and how you can quickly move up the ranks in approval levels and get a higher trading approval level. Again, if you have any suggestions or find success in anything that we talked about today as far as strategies, or if there's a different strategy or tactic that you used to get a higher trading approval level, please head on over to the show notes page and post your comments at optionalpha.com slash show 48. That's just the number 48, optionalpha.com slash show 48. And of course, if you liked today's show, if you thought it was helpful in any way, or if you think any of our shows have been really helpful in your understanding and your trading education, please head on over to iTunes. Give us a rating and a review. It's honestly the best way to get the show into the hands of other people who are just like you, and I would be extremely grateful. Until next time, happy trading.